my friends. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to A Turn of Events, where we put a positive spin on the future of your business. I'm Annette Nafe, the CEO and Creative Director of Nafe Productions. We are a strategic event production company. We specialize in corporate, social, nonprofit, and weddings. Reach out if you need some help. I'm also the founder of Event Planning Academy. That's the name of it, okay? So it's Event Planner Society, Facebook group, wedding and event planners. We are going to be teaching you how to get clients, what do you do when you get clients, and how do you price yourself, right? So, okay, so I'm excited about my next guest. She's so super cute and super fun, and you're just gonna love her. And I love our topic. The topic is, girl, get over yourself, overcoming self-sabotage when it's time to shift. So my next guest is Marissa Q. Payne. Is a, she's a transformational executive coach for women entrepreneurs and executives and an elephant in the room change leadership consultant to mission-centered organizations. Her hashtag make shift happen mantra inspires visionaries worldwide to courageously make the shift they need to build the life, leadership, and business legacy their hearts can imagine but their heads struggle to make happen, which it definitely happens as an entrepreneur. As a self-proclaimed professional shifter, Marissa transparently shares her own journey towards discovering her true career calling, which included having 27 jobs in the 27 years before finally staying put as her own boss since 2012. Marissa, I'm so excited. <laughs> like when I see doing? I'm good, hon. When I said I turned 60, I heard you go, like, I could see you clapping in the background. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so yeah. excited to, to talk to you because I know you're just a firecracker and I, I love that, that kind of personality. So tell me or tell us how you, um, tell us about you and how you got started on the path as a coach. Oh my gosh, that's a big old question. Hello, everyone. I am super, super excited to be here. Super excited about one of my favorite topics. I love talking to um, current and aspiring business owners about getting out of their own way. Like, because I am the absolute poster child for um, overcoming self-sabotage and stinking thinking and all of the things that prevent us from doing what our heart and soul craves and knows we were born to do. So, um, and, and that's, that's basically my story. It's been a journey towards um, getting to a place where I finally conquered the enemy within a me, right? Um, to live and fulfill um, what I always knew was possible, but just could not, you know, get over the hump um, and to really make that happen. So, so yeah, you know, I I started, you know, like many in corporate, and um, you know, shifted over to the nonprofit sector, which is where I found my passion and uh, spent a lot of time there, worked my way up the career ladder in the nonprofit sector, served as a CEO and executive director, but always knew there was like something more for me to do. Um, and really, you know, I was hiring consultants and experts, you know, and I was like, I could do that. I actually could do that better. I didn't like how that went, you know, frustrated yeah. by what I saw. Um, right. I, I was just like, you know, suffering from that, who does she think she is thing, you know? Um, and so it took me a while to finally uh, branch out. 
And I went the hard way, you know, instead of I, I resigned from my position planning to start the business, but I was too scared to actually do it. So I took a lesser position. I was like, oh, I need more time. Right. <laughs> I took yeah. a lesser position. That position, you know, was hell. And for like about, I think it was six or nine months. I can't remember. It's been a little, 12 years now, but um, a long time. And, you know, it was the kick that I needed to actually go ahead and do it. Cause I was like, oh, I'm never working for anybody again <laughs> after that experience. And so I finally took the leap of faith and I uh, have been in the business now for 12 years and it's the best decision I ever made in my life. So I know it is it really is. <laughs> I have, I have a lot of wedding and event planners who are following me. They're also on my Facebook group and mm -hmm. who are looking to start their own business. And it's yeah. a very scary thing. I know when mm -hmm. I started my business in 2018, it's been 13 years now. So we're kind of mm -hmm. in the same boat here. It was scary as heck because I didn't know if I could, it was only me and I need to pay the bills and, you know, take care of me. But regardless, I live in New York, so it's expensive, <laughs> right? I got a lot of expense here. And so I was very nervous about it. And I started in 2018 or 20, but it was really when the economy crashed during that time. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea how to run the business, which is what I teach. I teach mm -hmm. how to start, grow and build a business and, um, you know, an event business. And so I had no clue. I knew how to do events. I had been doing events for 20 years, but I didn't know how to do it. But the roller coaster to get to where we are now is definitely yeah. there. And, you know, you got to have a good mindset to, to, you know, to deal with that roller coaster. And change is like the thing, which leads yeah. me into my next question is you specialize in a, something most people avoid, which is change. And yeah. as you um, you know, as you refer to it, shift. Mm -hmm. So how did that happen for you? You know, it's funny. So now, of course, in my bio, I talk about, you know, having 27 jobs in 20 years, right? I didn't know I was having 27 jobs in 20 years when it was <laughs> happening, right? While it was happening, it felt natural, right? right? It just felt like a natural progression as I was trying to find my way, figure out what made sense. You know, I, um, I started my family young. So I had, you know, young children. I dropped out of school. So I was like going to school at night, just trying to make life work. So I had to, right. you know, find jobs that would work with my school schedule, you know, so I was just, I was just doing what worked, but also, what um, my natural gifting, it didn't take me long to master a position, right? I, I was, I'd come in and do the job six to nine months. I'm like ready for the next challenge, right? right it's like, right. okay, now what do we do, you know? <laughs> so what I didn't realize then, right, is, is, oh, this is a gift in me. I didn't know that. My friends would be like, oh, you're going to, you're getting a new job. You know, everybody was making fun of me. Right. But um, when it came to a point where I, after so long and you're so far along in your career, it's like, okay, ma'am, you really got to figure this out. You can't keep job hopping. Right. Once I got to the executive level, that became clear. And I realized that there was something called an interim CEO. Right. And I was like, oh, I could do that, right? So now it's my job to be temporary. So that seemed to make sense. And that was really how I transitioned into business. I was like, I'll be an interim 
CEO. That sounds perfect for me. So now I'm not job hopping. This is actually the business that I'm in. Right. Um, the challenge was I quickly realized that I couldn't just be the product, right? There's only one of me. So I couldn't really bring a business to scale if that was me. So over time, I sort of started to speak and talk about change and transition. And, and that really started to resonate with the marketplace because so many people struggle with it. And right. um, that's how I found my sweet spot. You know, I think the big thing is, is that when you're starting, you're not going to have it all figured out, right? Okay. The big part is just start, right? right. <laughs> and the rest of it will come to you as you go. So it was evolutionary. Right. Just start because you're going to stumble no matter yep. what. Like yep. I've done, you know, hundreds of these and I stumbled on the intro. Who cares? Yep. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> We're going to fix it. We're going to edit it and fix it in the podcast. So nobody cares. And yep. honestly, you can't like sweat that stuff. And, you know, people want to see you human anyway. So who cares? Exactly. But um, so I, I know that there's a lot of change that happens when you start a business and as you're running a business and that's, you know, there's a lot of shift and I, um, I, I don't mind change. I, I'm one of those that likes change. I'm okay with it. I think it's fun. I take it on, but there are a lot of people who are very, well, you have to in event planning, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> if you are not comfortable with change, I don't think event planning is for you, wedding or event planning, because it is an ongoing change constantly. Yep. You know, you have to be patient and just figure, you know, like, okay, no problem. We'll do that. Trust me. It's, you have to have patience of a saint, but <laughs> so why do you think it's difficult for us to shift? Why do you think that is? Yeah, you know, I can remember, you know, for example, you know, my business name now is Marissa Cupane International. That wasn't the name when I started, right? Um, I, we've had probably two or three evolutions of the name over time. Again, as I learned and embraced who, who I was, who we were, what the, you know, just the energy and the evolution of the business. Right. Um, I think that comfort zone, you know, the comfort zone is cozy and comfortable, you know? Mm -hmm. um, we get to a place where we are um, proficient, um, we're competent, and that can be very comfortable. And folks don't necessarily like a lot of disruption. So, um, you know, especially when you're talking about um, your livelihood, right? Your money, <laughs> that's a yes. very uncomfortable place it to is. be taking risk. <laughs> right, right. Um, but it's ultimately, it comes to the mindset, right? It's, it's you know, I think it's Henry Ford's quote, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Right? right. And so we convince ourselves that our job is secure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how many jobs are secure these None days? These days. Right? It used to be long ago, but long ago. ago. Right. <laughs> but jobs are shifting all the time. I mean, and it's constantly shifting artificial intelligence. And I mean, we're always evolving. And so if you're not shifting and evolving along with, it's going to shift and evolve around you. <laughs> 
Um, and so, yeah, I think the comfort zone is very cozy and comfortable. I think um, our mindset often, you know, gets stuck and stale and stagnant, gets in our way. Uh, fear, obviously, is a big, a big one. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yep. a big one. Humongous, humongous yeah. one. Fear of failure, fear of success, fear of all the things. Uh, mm -hmm. Lots of reasons why we uh, have a tendency to get in our own way. Right. Sure. Yeah. So I always, um, you know, this is something I learned early on was if I'm feeling uncomfortable about something that's in my business or about to happen, I they say that something big is going to happen. Like that's For a sure. good thing. Like it's the For next sure. big thing that's going to happen. So like when I started doing these shows, you know, to when COVID hit, um, and I just start, you know, for my industry, I started bringing people on to, to kind of talk about what we're doing, how are we shifting our businesses and shifting was a big thing because yeah. we, you know, pivot was the word that I hated. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, if we hadn't become a virtual company, uh, an event company, we would not have had, now, obviously there was help and we got money, you know, there was things that were helping us, but eventually we would not have continued the relationships and kept that going. So, but I always feel like if you're feeling uncomfortable, you're not going to be uncomfortable eventually. Like yeah. just doing something like this, you're going to be comfortable. It's going to be fun. You're going to love it. Or you don't love it and you just move on to something else. But it's not going to seem as big as what it felt like when you first ventured into it. So I, I think I think it was Beyonce maybe who says that, you know, she's always nervous before a performance, right? Yes, which is and good. As, yeah. a, as a trainer, as a facilitator, you know, if I'm not nervous before an engagement, I'm about to be boring. That's just the yeah. bottom line. <laughs> right. Right. Like if you've gotten to a place where you're completely comfortable then that should be a sign that you are probably no longer relevant. Right. Because right. it should it, it should still scare you a little. You should be stretching yourself a little bit. Like that's where the challenge is. That's where the growth is. And if you're right. completely comfortable, boring. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. And I'm, of course, you know, I'm one that puts a million things on my plate because I want, I, I love, listen, you have to, uh, they say this all the time. You need to be very passionate about what you're doing as an entrepreneur. If you're not, you're not going to be successful. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to have the drive and you need to have that drive. And I still, after all these years, I still wake up and I'm like excited about, I have a million things to do. And sometimes I feel a little overwhelmed about it, but I still feel excited about going through my checklist and getting things off. I'm creating this program and also doing all of our events and running my team and all my marketing because everything ramps up when you're doing a program. So, um, you know, it's like it just gets bigger and bigger, but that's OK. And I'm just super excited about it. So if you're not excited and I tell all of my students this, you know, wedding and event planners, if you're not excited about doing events, don't, it's very stressful um, it's super fun. It's super rewarding because we do a lot of nonprofits. So that can be very rewarding, but just any kind of event and having that success at the end, yeah. you really have to have the passion for it because it's, yeah. it's, it's a very difficult business. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, the business advice that I give most, most often to, especially to new entrepreneurs or new business owners is two things. One, do what you're really good at. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and do a really good job, right? right? 
Um, like do, you know, and that was, that was one of the shifts that we made in the business. When I first started, I did business the way other people did business because that was the model that I had. That was what I saw. And so what you saw was a very sort of buttoned up corporate consulting firm, you know, real formal, real rigid. Yes. If you know me, that's not me. I haven't (laughs) known you long, but let me tell you, that's not you. Even that outfit speaks for itself. And so, you know, it took a few years, but it was, you know, a few years in after probably six or seven years, I was burned out because I was doing, I was doing the bit and I didn't understand it because this was, I knew this was my dream and what I wanted to do, but I wasn't doing it the way I was born to do it. Right. But I, I needed to, that was another shift to get out of my own comfort zone and to step into my own skin, to have the confidence to actually show up as me. Right. I actually hired a branding company and they interviewed clients about, um, you know, well, what is it about this company, et cetera, et cetera. And they came back and they were like, it's you, you're, you're the brand, blah, blah, blah. This is when we rebranded to Marissa Cupane International. And I was like, no way, it's not going to be my name, yada, yada, yada. I was very resistant to it. And they were just like, ma'am, it's you. (laughs) (laughs) Ma'am, we're doing this. It's great. I think it's great. It has a nice tone to it. Yeah. And I, and I, but I thought about that and I thought about other leaders that I, you know, um, subscribe to that. I read Stephen Covey, John Maxwell. And I'm just like, well, if, if they can be household names, why can't Marissa be a a household name? Right. So I had to get over myself. Yeah. <laughs> that was coming to me and lean into it. And that, you know, really shifted things for us. That makeshift right. happen became like living, breathing. And it's all about, you know, what you love, doing what you love, doing it the way you love it. And that's what will make the difference and just distinguish you, you know, in the marketplace for sure. Yeah, you can't get, listen, it's difficult being on social media and watching what everybody's doing. You are yourself. Everyone's at a different space. I was listening to something, a podcast yesterday, and it was all about, and I knew this, but it reminds you, which is really good. If you're feeling like stuck or you need to be motivated or whatever it is at the time that you're in, get on a podcast and start listening to people because you're really, you know, there's a lot of good ones out there and it just kind of gives me a kick. At every stage of our businesses, we always need help. Yes. Oh my gosh. Coach, I can't, and you, I'm sure you'll agree. You must, you should have a coach always in your business. I have yeah. had many and I still do. And I always will. Cause at each stage you're in a different space. So yeah. that's the thing with people. If you're watching someone and they're just, you know, planning all these beautiful events and listen, if you're watching me, I've been doing this for a really, really long time, over 30 years, 13 in my business. Yeah. When I started out, I wasn't that great. Right. Yeah. So I, I wasn't, I didn't have all my social media in hand. I didn't have all of that going. So just be yourself, start where you're going to start and just, you know, it will all come together and you need to do what you love and be yourself. Otherwise it's not going to be fun. Right. Yes. Yeah. So the thing I wanted to mention was, and you had said this earlier and talking about the name of your business, mm-hmm. so many of us get hung up on what yeah. am I going to 
my business? What am I going to call my business? And I, I've had probably five names now. Nafe Productions will be the day till I'm gone and buried, unfortunately. But it's the name that I finally said, why didn't I just start with this in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. But I started out with the several different names and I was really fighting. And I always tell them, just pick a name. You can change it at any time. The branding can change. It doesn't matter if you're Mickey Mouse events nobody's going to care what the name of your company is. So you can change it. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's, I was just going to say, you can change it. If I don't, usually when I have them start, I don't want them to get hung up on all of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is a hard, I remember that was the hardest thing I ever did was picking a name for my business. It's so funny. I, um, some, I saw someone post and they were like, you know, how long did it take you to get to six figures in your business? And I thought about that. Um, and I said, for me, you know, it was it was actually my first full year in business. I've been yes, I think it was me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, from the beginning. But in in the beginning, um, like I think my first logo was like clip art. If you remember clip art, it was yes. like a little light bulb that yes. was like, hey, you know. Um, yeah, mine was just my name. Like I didn't even have like an official logo. I just did a font wow. with, and I was a net nafe events at the time, but I didn't want to use my full name then. So I sent an email to my network. I I think I mentioned you know taking a taking that job, and uh, what what actually ended up happening is I was um, given the invitation to resign, right? Yeah. Which basically means I was fired. Yeah. Uh, but, but technically <laughs> on paper, I had to resign. Yeah. So I had a three month severance and I was like, they became my angel investors. I was like, okay, I got three months to figure this out. And um, I sent, an, and I was like, set up the business right away. And I was like, boom, going. I sent an email to my network, people that I had known in business. And I was like, hey, I'm in business. Anybody yeah. need help? right? Yeah. I got two contracts right away. And, and from then on, right. I didn't have anything, right. I started yeah. having conversations. I sent an email and then I started having conversations, right. And the rest of it, I learned as I went after a while, I hired a coach and I was like, Oh, okay. There's some things I need to do. Got yeah, it, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the same thing. I always teach my, my students the same thing is you have a network right now. Even though you think you don't have an email list, you, you just tell everybody. So we put a referral letter together. I, I give them samples of all of that. And then they can send it out to their list to announce their business, right? Yeah. What are we doing? Who do you serve? And all of that. So um, that's really fun. And that's really great. Okay. So what sh was shifting into entrepreneurship easy for you? And I think we've been kind of talking <laughs> about that. But, you know, that's, it's like a whole thing. It's funny when you mentioned negotiating and I want to, I mean, um, uh, the severance, when I yeah. started my business, um, they, uh, when I first started the business, I was working for a company. I, this is mm -hmm. my last corporate job and a kind of the economy crashed. So I had lots of time to kind of figure out, it was a commercial real estate company and I was the director of operations and I did all of their events. Uh -huh. So I was like, I'm going to start a business. And I still, cause I didn't come from an entrepreneurial background. I still didn't think that I would have a business for all events. If for, in, for whatever reason, I thought you can't just have a business and just do events, which is so crazy that I think of that now. But so it was kind of like a, like a business management sort of position because I was the director of operations and I had all these secretarial jobs and legal and all of that. So they laid me off and I negotiated a year severance package. Ooh. And I thought I'm a good negotiator. So now I really, and I am 
all in my business now for my clients. Yeah. So I teach that as well. So it's, it's really fun. But was shifting to internet, was it easy for you? You just mentioned like you sent out an email and then like the mindset yeah. crazy, right? When you're coming. Yeah. From- you know, you, I mean, I think that that's a yes and no. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that the, the yes part is under pressure and with the right motivation, right? You know, I was like, oh, I'm never doing that again. I had been, you know, thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it, over-processing, overthinking it. Um, <laughs> so that part of it, I was like, I went and I, I just did what I had been doing. I knew that I had the talent, right, to perform. That was, I wasn't ever necessarily doubtful about that. But the skill set to manage a business, operate a business. I didn't have that. And I definitely didn't have the mindset. That part was not easy, right? That did not come easy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that I had to, with the help of a coach and a coach, a community, right? A mastermind community that I developed over time. Um, And that has been the game changer in my business is developing the mindset, right, of a business owner, the mindset of an entrepreneur um, that, you know, yes, I can show up and go into any room and I can go after any proposal and just having the audacity, right, to stand in. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've now signed, you know, multi six figure contracts and all of these things when I started, I had no idea was even possible, right? Right. I remember um, after hiring my coach, one of the very first contracts or deals I was going after, I, you know, I had the skill set, right? I put together the proposal and the plan. I knew exactly what I would do. And I was going to, you know, submit it for like maybe ten dollars or $15,000. And my coach was like, that's too low. Yeah. Um, and same work, right? For me, I was like, that, you know, that's, that's pretty, I thought that was pretty good at the time. Yeah. Um, and I ended up putting in for putting it in for like sixty thousand, which I was just like, there is no way these people like that. At the time, I was in nonprofit sector, so that was like my year's salary, nearly. Yeah. And um, I got it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I didn't have small pricing mentality anymore after that. Yeah, that's, it is. <laughs> It's definitely a game changer. And it, that is a scary thing when you go to put in, you know, events cost a lot of money. And when you go to put in your, and time, there's so much time that goes into putting an event together, you know, yeah. it's, they just don't understand it. And the team that you have to pay, right? It's not just me. I have a team of people and and all of that. So I, I know I remember those days when, you know, I would, my first job with my business, when I finally learned how to, watch the numbers, pay attention, how to really price myself because there's, yeah. you, it takes a little while to really learn it because there's, yeah. you have to learn how long it's going to take to do an event. And that takes time. Right. Yeah. So when I first priced out, I learned, and I had this job and they were, they had, my coach had me price out this job that I did. I made a negative $57 an hour. And I was so devastated when I saw it. I was like, 
I am never going to make that again. I'm never going to do that again. And there are times when still, you know, sometimes you just don't know that a client's going to, you know, stuck up all those hours and something's going to happen. And once in a while, I'll get to a point where I feel like, gosh, I didn't make any money on that. I paid my whole team. Everybody else made money, but I didn't. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be careful still to this day. The jobs get bigger and the, it's a lot more stress. So, you know, that that does happen. But the pricing thing is very tricky because there's mm. so many moving parts. And and you could be working with them a year. You know, you're working with these people for a year. I yeah. like when we get events and it's only a few months away because they can't. There's so many hours that they can't, you know. We have to charge them for rush fees and all of that. So it works out good. But at this point now, I, I pretty much have it down. But it was yeah. very eye-opening when you see you make a negative $57 an hour. Yeah, definitely. But and that was, the you know, getting over that employee mindset, right? Yeah. You know, that hourly kind of mindset in general for, you know, for me and in my space you know, you're not necessarily paying me for my time um, or for the hour per se, because you're paying, because I have expertise, right? You put right. me, all the years, another right. person, you are going to get exponentially more out of me, right? Than someone else, right? So hour for hour is not a fair comparison right. necessarily. I have put in me so much more that when, what comes out of me is significantly more. So you're getting a lot more than, you know, than, than the, so it's a value proposition. Dollar, dollar amount. Correct. Yeah. And I, but I have years to, that you've learned, right. Exactly. Get so, to a you know, place where I could stand and know that, right. And of course, yeah. with experience and having results, that helps over time as well. But yeah. Yes, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So um, have you encountered other shifts since starting your business? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so many shifts, you know, um, and, and I think that this is, you know, like I said, the, the seat that I'm sitting in now, um, I mean, I mean, I'm actually shifting, making another shift in the business. We talked about going from kind of really corporate consulting firm to um, Marissa Cupane International, which rather than working with a lot of organizations, we started working with a few and going deeper. Mm -hmm. um, and that was when I added working specifically with women, because that was where I saw a lot of the um, living beneath potential, um, a lot of the self-sabotage, um, a lot of the overextending, right, on these in these leadership positions and things of that nature. And I really have a passion for um, helping women get over themselves and uh, live into, you know, their birthrights. And so um, we shifted to that. I, um, I think in the middle of that, you know, we haven't necessarily talked about it, but the reason why I serve kind of as executive coach to women entrepreneurs and executives in particular is because there is, you know, this relationship between our business and our work and our personal lives and our well-being, right? And it's, it's um, a marrying <laughs> of them. You know, for a lot of us, we put a lot into the work that we do. And sometimes it's a little um, gray, between personal and professional. They talk about work-life balance and work-life harmony. Um, I, I love what I do. I work for fun. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you know, and so um, so being able to support the whole woman, right, both career and personal, became a real passion of mine. And so now I am um, making sort of a third shift into focusing less on kind of the organization and really centering um, on that sort of life leadership and legacy um, for high sort of uh, powered, high profile women, um, because it's there's not a lot of spaces, you know, mm -hmm. where we get that. Um, and a lot of that was just inspired by my own personal shift. I'm shifting out of a marriage after 27 years. So um, I completely yeah. understand. <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah, it's, you know, it's huge. And so I've been um, quietly, right, sort of doing my own kind of, you know, healing process and, and going through that for about the last 18 months or so. Um, and just kind of now stepping back into the work um, in a more, you know, present public way um, after I've kind of, you know, been behind the scenes sort of doing my own personal work. Uh, mm -hmm. And now I'm kind of like ready to, you know, I'm like, okay, ladies, let's do this, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's so fun. That's so fun. It's funny, the, I, um, it just made me think of the shift that I had was um, when I started my business, I was single, very single for many years. Mm -hmm. And then I met a wonderful guy like about five years ago. And I, so when I started, I had lots of time, right? Yeah. I had girlfriends and I was going out, but my weekends, I would be working till 11 o'clock at night and yeah. I'd go to bed and then I'd get up and I'd work all day. So I had lots of time to put into my business, Ooh. which is probably why, you know, I feel like that's a big part of being successful. You have to put the work in. You can't just like sit back and make it happen. It's not going right. to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and then I met someone and now I have like a big, I have him and the big family and the kids and the grandkids and friends and social life and lots of stuff, which is amazing. But I don't really work that much mm -hmm. at the weekends like I used yes. to. And so yes. as soon as I have to, like, that's a shift, you know, that's a exactly. learning how to, you know, so I'm kind of like, I feel like sometimes I have to say, look, I have to work this weekend, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to give him the heads up. Like I'm working this weekend. I have, you know, he knows I'm creating this program and that's a lot of time I have to put into it. Yeah. But I'm fortunate that I can do it now. So, you know, I think that, you know, you have to put the time in, but the shift is definitely, I was just thinking of the opposite shift for me. So. No, it, it makes perfect. And, and for me as well, like I, you know, my, all of my children are now adults. So they're 23, 25, 28. Um, and so, you know, when I was married, I, you know, so that's when I was building my business. Right. And so yeah. I was accustomed to being wife, mom, boss, all the things, managing all of the things. Right. And now I'm single and it's, and my house is quiet. <laughs> and so I had to learn, I'm like, and I have a lot more time. Right. And so that's also a shift. Right. And, and, and my clients are, you know, sandwich generation, supporting parents, or there are life things, life happens when yeah. you're running business and it can significantly impact your business, right? Yes. That is yeah. also a shift. Um, and depending on how prepared you are or not prepared or how 
um, ready you are to manage the emotions and what needs to come with that, right, can make or break your business as well, right? You might have to rent higher up or you may have to hire down, right? Because I was getting divorced, my, you know, ex took care of all of our household bills. So the business was like a bonus to our household. Now, so I reinvested a lot back into my business. I had a big team. Now that's not the case. So the yep. business, the money that comes in, so I had to downsize, right? right. Because I need that money. That's part of being an entrepreneur. Exactly. You, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We mm-hmm. talked about that uncomfortable word, right? And I remember I used to say that to myself because it's the roller coaster of, oh, I got the job. You know, I got a big job and I got a couple big jobs. And then I didn't have anything for a while. And it was getting quiet and I was getting nervous and I wasn't getting the emails and I wasn't getting, it was, but one of the things you said earlier, which was important is to be sure to have a support group. I networked a ton when I first started my business. All I was networking all the time. I was meeting with people and networking like crazy and going to events and talking about what I did and all of that. And that was a big, big help for me in the beginning. I can't do it so much now. And thankfully, I don't have to, but I do it in different yeah. ways. But um, so, but yes, networking is huge. Every, but people need to see you and you need to be visible and they need to know what you do. And I would go to a networking event and they would say, she's fantastic. You should hire. She's great at events. They never even saw any of my events, but it was just me showing up, talking about what I did. And that's kind of like, it's kind of funny that that would happen. But um, but I think it's super Mm. important to be networking and being out there and getting a support group and then eventually hiring a coach because- And, you know, you can work out, you know, I worked out deals as much as I could. I couldn't afford a lot at the beginning, obviously. And, um, you know, I, I still, I'm still a bad, I'm such a negotiator. It's kind of silly sometimes, but I negotiate everything, but cause you can, I think cause you can, I'm still nice about it, but I, you can. So just think about that. Have um, not cause so- you ask not. What's, that's right, right? All right. Is, I mean, all they can do is say no, you know? That's <laughs> and right. you gotta be used to hearing no. <laughs> oh, and that's so true, right? And because something else will come along though. It always yes. does, so something else will come along. So what are some uh, some of the most common reasons for self-sabotage, which is a big Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think we talked about it um, earlier. You know, I, I like I said, I think that fear Um, is huge. I think perfectionism, you know, can get in the way. Um, I think, like I said, mindset, I call it stinking thinking, um, you know, um, can be a big, big barrier. You know, there's, there's, there's an inner child, right, in all of us. And there's messaging, right, when you come into doing this, and we all come into it, from you know different childhoods, different backgrounds. If you come to it from a background where, like, I didn't necessarily have any models for um, for business ownership, right? Yeah. Um, so I came into it with a "Who do you think you are?" <laughs> which I already had for as far as I had already gone in my career. So now we were taking. It's like, isn't it enough? And I'm just like, no. Quite frankly, it's not. You know. <laughs> so um, and you know, so it just depends on what your story is. And you you just have to get um, 
intimately acquainted with that story and do the work to make that shift, right? If you're going to be successful in this business, know that I don't necessarily believe in mistakes, right? But failure is a prerequisite for your success. So if you have a fear of failure, um, you have to shift your relationship with what you think failure is, you know, um, thinking about, we talked about COVID and COVID and the pandemic, they, to get to the place where they had a vaccination, they had a lot of vaccinations that didn't work right? Those were failures. Before they could get to the one that actually worked, they had many that didn't work, right? They had, we had many approaches that we tried. And I remember, if you can remember those days, it was like, do this. No, don't do that. Do this instead. And we were, we were just like, what is going on? We're all going to not make it, right? Um, until we figured out the one that worked, right? So, um, and, and that I call it, you know, research and development, right? That's, that's basically what it is. The stuff that doesn't work is still useful because it teaches you what to do next time, how to adapt, what to, you know, and so you have to shift your relationship with failure, period. <laughs> that's so true. And when you're there and it feels really big and it feels like you're, oh, I'm good. There was a time when I thought I was going to have to close the business. I had workers comp coming after me and I learned like there was a lot of stuff going on. I didn't have I, what, a big story, but, yeah. um, and one that I wasn't wrong in, but they don't care. They're going to come after you anyway. So, <laughs> and they're going to do whatever they can. So it was such a scary time. And I literally thought I was going to have to close the business. They were suing me for $60,000. And I was like, oh my God. And I, what, I don't even make that. I think this was like way back then. Yeah. And, um, but you get on the other side of it. It does work out. Those bad things that feel like you're not going to be able to get past them, they will pass and, and you'll get onto something else and there'll be a next problem. And, you know, know, that's just part of being an entrepreneur um, and realizing that you, you know, it, it you, you'll get through it. You'll just, yeah. you know, but having that support group and getting the coach and all of that, those are really, really important learning. You know, I'm always learning. I'm always, you know, podcasts are great, you know, listening to podcasts and things like that, or edge reading things and being edge on top of the industry and yeah. really staying educated. I love that piece. Um, yeah. And so I think that's super important. I'm still learning. I want to learn all, you know, technology changes every five minutes. Yeah. I'm all into the chat GPT now. I can write yes. so quickly. It's crazy. But, um, and I love it. That's, it's so great. Um, so, but what practices do you keep that to help, do you do to help keep sabotage at bay? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, so we have kind of a, um, I have a little tool and I, we can talk about this and how your um, folks can get it, but yes. um, I have the makeshift happen mantra and it's, you know, sort of like commandments and affirmations around like keeping your mindset in the place um, that it needs to be in. So it's things like, um, thou shalt know your worth and the incomparable value that you bring to the earth, for example. Um, and is the commandment with the affirmation, I am fully aware of my worth and the incomparable value that I bring to the earth. Um, 
waking up with that and saying that right to yourself helps you, especially going into a conversation that you might be feeling a little insecure about or stepping into a room that feels bigger than you, you know, you're feeling that little imposter syndrome, right? But we, my coach says the invitation is the validation, right? So you don't have to prove that you are supposed to be there. If you got the invitation, obviously you're supposed to be there. That's and so, so great. <laughs> invitation is the validation. I love that. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, I, I do, just like you said, you know, um, keep, do things to keep my mind um, strong, right? Um, whether that's affirmations, I keep, you know, a good relationship, like I said, with my coach. Um, so when I am doubting, I know who to text, right? I know I have Boxer, you know, the walkie-talkie. Yes. Um, and I know, you know who to contact for reinforcement, the kind of reinforcement that you need, right? If you want pity party, then call your pity party people. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably not what and you want to do. probably family. Don't call your family. <laughs> exactly. So no, right? Tell you, go get a job is what they're going to tell That's you. That's exactly what they're going to tell you. Exactly. I used to hear that a lot. Bless my father. You know? he, was so he was like, maybe you should just go. I'm like, dad, don't ever say that to me again. So One mad. of the things we do is like, a, you know, in our self-care, um, we do a support, you know, um, inventory, basically. And it's like, you know, who do you call when you need a laugh? Who do you call when, you know, you're feeling really vulnerable? Though That kind of thing so that right. you really have it when you don't need it so that when you need it, you can remind yourself, okay, this is what I said. This is my go-to place, you know, to be... Um, when I need to actually get that, you know, um, esteem booster and those kinds of things. Um, so yeah, I, I surround myself, even with, you know, with the divorce, I set up a really small, you know, three other people that I knew were going through that time and we were a support for each other. If it's not there, you got to create it for yourself, you know? So um, I, I strongly recommend doing what you need to do to keep your mind strong. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's, that's the biggest part of being an entrepreneur, you know, yeah, don't You're, do it alone. No, you can't, you can't do it alone. Even now I'm like, okay, I need a little boost. I, you know, and I'm in a, a big program for the, uh, putting this program together uh -huh. and it, man, it's good. It is yeah. so good. Like I, you know, spent a little bit of money, but the, 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 uh, group of people that are in it are so amazing. You can ask any questions you reach out. It's so worth it to have that support and, yeah. and really, you know, pull it all together because there's so much that has to happen. Yeah. So tell me about one of the biggest client success stories that you have from your coaching. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm trying to think of who's coming to mind. <laughs> you see this big old juicy smile on my face. I love my clients. <laughs> I love my clients. I, you know, often I work, so I have both, historically I've had both, um, like I said, executive and organizational clients. I, um, you know, work with businesses and organizations in times of, um, you know, really hard shifts, right? When, you know, um, two founders are, 
not being cohesive anymore. Oh boy, um, that's a tough one. Yeah, for example, um, and one is leaving, um, but it's not really the one that should leave. For example, um, I've worked on with an organization through that, or um, there's a university-based project that has grown too big for the university and they need to transfer it, you know, into a more community-based organization, but um, they have grant dollars and it has to be, um, you know, rural and urban and lots of consensus. So lots of opinions, lots of people, uh, lots of politics to navigate. So that's kind of on the organizational side and the kinds of shifts, um, a lot of sort of new leadership, new CEO, you know, maybe there was a vice president that wanted the job. And so, you know, nine months in, yeah. there's some team dynamics. Um, mm -hmm. That's kind of the juicy um, organizational shift kind of work that um, that I've done and that I love to do a lot of confidential stuff, right? So yeah, that's of course, and I'm sure a lot of that goes back to your nonprofit days because we're always having to deal with so many personalities when it's you know the committee and the board and the team, and I'm like, oh, but there's so much that goes yes. on in nonprofits. So I yeah, I've got a good background for it. <laughs> I think on the um, on the entrepreneur and executive side. Um, I think the the work that brings me the most joy and that the, the transitions, you know, I think about um, a, a, a new, you know, um, executive coming into the job um, really with a passion and fire, um, losing, you know, three or four of her team over the course of the first year, feeling self-conscious about that, you know, questioning her own leadership, um, but recognizing that um, it wasn't necessarily her that was broken and really over time learning that um, the disruption that she was bringing to the organization was the right disruption. Yes. Um, but that change, you know, sometimes takes time. And, and now having, you know, a new leadership team that is um, giving her positive feedback after, I think she's been on post now, uh, probably three and a half years, um, and is now being nationally recognized for her leadership, you know, so to kind of come full circle and get that kind of positive reinforcement. Um, yeah, that, that makes me smile. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really, really great. Yeah. So um, just love talking to you. We could talk about this forever. I just, for I sure. love what you're, what you're all about. And we found each other. She, I posted something on a mutual friends post and it was, I, we kind of looked at it on Facebook and she responded in such a beautiful way. And I thought, I gotta have that girl on the show. And so that's how it all started. I reached out and she said, yes, I'll be there. So I, and I've watched some of your stuff. So if you guys have to watch her stuff, it's very motivational um, when she just comes on and just speaks from the heart. And it's, it's a really, a really special thing. Marissa Q. Payne, I just love you, and I think you're so great. You're going to do some awesome stuff. How can everybody reach you? Yep, regular. I promise you guys, I am. I do big stuff, but when you are with me, you're going to get regular girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Like, um, actually, my actual girlfriends are just like, oh lord, she's putting on the coach hat, y'all. It's time to go. <laughs> 
I, like more than anything, authenticity is a value for me. And I love being able to be in a place where personally, professionally, I get to show up as the same person. I don't have to code switch. I get to just be me. And um, this work, I, I, I do, I want to share this. I share this as much as I can. Yes. I um, had a dear friend who was um, unfortunately senselessly um, killed by gun violence. Mm -hmm. And one of the, um, at the time when I was just launching the shift, um, doing the shift movement, and it struck me that the young man who was responsible um didn't know his purpose, you know, that because they had gone on, uh, I, we were actually supposed to be there, but it was like couples date night, we were bowling and it was just a situation that got out of control at the bowling alley, mistaken identity. And your yeah. friend who was just a beautiful, beautiful soul, Demetrius Stewart, uh, lost his life that night. Yeah. Um, and the young man, there's no way that if, you know, if you know who you are and why you're here, that you could do um, that kind of thing, right? You do right. that kind of thing when you um, are lost yourself. Right. And I knew that the work that was bubbling up in me was about supporting others in finding the work um, and being able to do it from a place of joy and purpose. Um, and so that is what keeps me going and compels me um, to continue to do this work. I feel humbled and honored to do it every day. So you will find me in all of the social spaces, Marissa Q. Payne, um, and I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, mm -hmm. TikTok. You might get a different energy depending on the platform. <laughs> That's but ultimately, same website, um, also Talking Shift, the podcast uh, with Marissa Q. Payne. Um, I would love to hear from you all of the things you can find. That yeah, way. and Christy's um, put it the uh, your your uh, name in the uh, chat so you guys can find awesome. her there. And your Talking Shift is the podcast, which yeah. sounds really fun. I love it. <laughs> and um, I'm so happy you joined me. Thank you so much. It's been really fun. Thank you so much. I'm 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 thrilled to have met you and to be yeah. a part of your network and community now. Yes, thank you so much. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. Please look out. We're going to be back next week and have a fantastic rest of your week. Take care. Bye.